The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father has sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Again, again, what it is, it is a true joy, I'm not just saying this, but it is a true joy to, to get back into the rhythm of masses again, to have, actually have people instead of empty pews to, to preach at. Empty pews don't laugh at my jokes. So, But before we dive into the homily, of course, a word of congratulations. As you know, we just experienced the, the graduation ceremonies recently, both here and in Portola, and many of our own brothers and sisters graduated, of course. Uh, among them, Logan and Seth Rocco, of course, Filipini, Maribel Hernandez, Christopher Renteria, and McKenna Whites. And if I'm forgetting uh, anybody else, forgive me. Congratulations to those to those who have graduated. So it was a big deal doing a good thing. Huh? All right. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A couple of days ago, I received a message from an old parishioner of mine from my previous parish. Because my old parish in Vacaville, it was, it was near Travis Air Force Base, so I had a lot of military families there. And I met many of them. And I knew this family well when I was there, and he sent me a message. He says, Father, I am on deployment now. He's a doctor for the Air Force. Pray for Stephanie, my wife. He's all the way in a, and I've never even heard of this. I thought when I heard the country that he was at, I thought, I thought that was always a joke, <laughs> the name of this country. I don't know if you heard of this. It's called, and I'm going to mess up the pronunciation, Djibouti, Africa. Mm -hmm. You've heard that before? I didn't know that place existed. But 
I had to look up on a map. I said, ah, oh, there it is. To kind of give you an idea, it's uh, so you have Somalia on the Horn of Africa, and Djibouti is just above it. It's a tiny little African nation. And, and, and the reason why we have a military base there, because it's near a, a vital waterway for the whole world. That's where the vast majority of our oil is shipped through. And so, and so he was there on deployment. And he said, Father, pray for Stephanie. She's back here in the States. She's having a hard time without me. So check out the ages of their kids, by the way. And you can see why she's having such a hard time. A five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-month-old. And she's not handling it well. Pray for her, Father. And here he is. And you can almost sense the the broken heart of a, of a husband and father. Because where does he want to be? Even though he's doing an amazing thing at our military base, guarding a vital waterway that the whole world needs and survives off of. But he wants to be home with his family. What if I were to tell him, Jonathan, just spiritually unite yourself to her. You'll be fine. Or just, you know, now we're all accustomed to, to having meetings online now. Just Zoom with your, your kids. She'll be good. Will that be enough? No. Why? He hungered for her, doesn't he? She hungers for him. The kids hunger for their father to be physically present. Because again, remember, to be human is to love physically. To love is to be in the presence of the beloved. You know, during these past three months under quarantine for all of us, I get many calls and, and, and I spoke with many of you, and I saw a similar hunger. Father! When are we going to have Mass again? I heard that question a lot. I don't know. Call the governor. Father, we can go to restaurants and Home Depot and grocery shop. Why can't we go to Mass? I know. I don't see the logic in it either. We want to come back to Mass again. And I think the reason why It's precisely because to love is to be in the presence, physical presence. Jesus says to the Jewish crowds in the gospel today, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Jesus here for the first time is teaching a hard truth that the Eucharist is truly him. Again, hear that again. It is not symbolic. It is truly him, fully present. And that is why when it says here, as the story continues, that the Jews quarreled among themselves. Because for the Jewish people there who heard him teach for this for the first time, they understood the implication of what he was saying. 
that our Lord was physically saying, I'm going to make myself present in the Eucharist. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And it completely baffled them. Because they said, Jesus, you talk about cannibalism? I have to gnaw on your toe? What are you talking about? And Jesus didn't correct them, by the way. He knew that they interpreted him literally. And Jesus only intensifies the, intensifies the teaching. He says, Amen, Amen, I say to you. And that formula, by the way, should be familiar to us. Whenever Jesus says that, by the way, in Scripture, he says it a couple times. He's telling us, pay attention to what I'm about to say to you. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Imagine the faces of those Jewish hearers. This is absolutely critical for us to know the reality of the Holy Eucharist. Because one day you will be challenged on this. The notion that the Eucharist is just simply symbolic or it's just a nice ceremony that we spiritually remember Jesus. No. For 1,500 years, for, 15, for the first 1,500 years, all Christians believe in the reality of the Eucharist. There was, there was no dissension. For 1,500 years, that was the continuous teaching. That the Eucharist, that every single Holy Mass was truly Him. And we must pay it with due reverence. It was only after the Reformation that you began to have divergent teachings. So the idea of this battle between Christians now, oh, it's symbolic, no, it's truly Him, that's actually a new controversy. For 1,500 years, all Christians throughout the world believed that. Paul himself, and beautifully in the second reading, doesn't he say that? He says, Is not the bread that we eat a participation in the body of Christ? This cup of blessing that we bless, is, not, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Because as our Lord here says now, as he hearkens back to the gospel, and every Jew would immediately recognize this, he says, I am the true bread from heaven. The first hearers of, of this teaching were all good Jews. And like every good, pious Jew, they knew their Bibles well. And so immediately they, what, they, what they would have heard when Jesus says, I am the true bread that came down from heaven, every Jew would have immediately thought when? Ah! Exodus! Remember when Moses brought out the Jewish people out of Egypt, and it said that they were wandering around for 40 years, and that God miraculously provided them bread which fell down from heaven, a miraculous event. You ever ask yourself, why are they in there for 40 years, by the way? That's a long time. Again, going back to our imaginary map, you know where Egypt is and where Israel is? They're not that far apart, by the way. It does not take 40 years to walk from Egypt to Israel. If you're even at a leisurely place, uh, pace, weeks, a couple weeks probably, at, at, at the most, to walk. Then what were they doing there for 40 years then? 
first reading answers that question. Moses now speaking to, to them as they're out in the desert. And I'll quote from the book of Deuteronomy now. Remember how for 40 years the Lord your God directed all of your journeying in the desert? So Moses is telling them, the reason why you were there for 40 years was to test you by affliction and to find out whether or not you was your intention to keep his commandments. So God let the Jewish people wander around in the desert to see if they would stay faithful to him. Because as, as Moses continues, in order to show you that you do not live by bread alone, but rather by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. And this is where I believe and I dare say why this whole COVID epidemic is actually a hidden gift. Why? Could you ever imagine our entire planet being brought to its knees? Again, I think we forget we forget how worldwide this is. Because we, we kind of get locked in our, in, our, in our little bubble, right? Entire nations are still shut down, by the way. In fact, what are they saying in South America? You know, we're, we're, we've hit our peak and we're, we're, we're supposed to be going down. Other countries are still ascending the peak. This is not over by any means. And so, imagine, what has this whole COVID thing and by extension, I dare even say, our, our current surf, social turmoil. Our world is utterly flimsy, isn't it? We pride ourselves on, oh, look how powerful I am. Look how, look how big our economy is, how strong our army is, how powerful our nation is. Absolutely true. One little microscopic virus brought all of us down to our knees. We do not live by bread alone. Our Lord taught this lesson to the Jewish people and he sent them manna from heaven, miraculous event. Well, what happened next? Even though God provided for them in the desert this, this amazing manna, the Jews began to complain again. Oh, we love complaining. Nothing changes. Do you guys complain? Do I complain? Yeah. Was it enough for them that God provided this miracle? They said, we would rather, now notice the language if you go back to the Old Testament, we would rather be slaves in Egypt. We would rather go back to our vomit than to live as free children of God. Because God's miraculous deeds, his manna from heaven was not enough for them. And Moses warned them in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, he says, If you do not eat this bread that I've given you, you will not make it to the promised land. Unless you eat this miraculous bread from heaven which I've given you, you will not make it. And sure enough, the majority of the Israelite people did not make it to the, whole, to the promised land because they refused God again. They got bored with the miracle. So now Jesus, going back to the gospel, when he says, I am the true bread. 
unless you eat of it, you will not survive. You will have no life in you. My friends, if we want to deepen our faith, to deepen and to abide with Jesus, we have to deepen our love for the Holy Eucharist. It is not symbolic. Because notice how the teaching of the bread falling from heaven in the Old Testament, it prefigured the Holy Eucharist. And always in, in, in biblical theology, whatever God began, began and prefigures the Old Testament, he brings it to fulfillment in a greater, more fantastic way. So if we, if we accept the idea that the Holy Eucharist is just symbolic up here, what we do, we're just, we're just remembering spiritually, then it is less than the manna in the desert of the Old Testament. That's contrary. Our Lord always exceeds in the New Testament. And this is utterly baffling. Then one way to penetrate this mystery again. Remember how we love as human beings. We always love through the body. That's why we're never satisfied with the spiritual. That is why my friend right now in Djibouti, Africa, is not satisfied with simply watching his kids grow up through a computer screen. He wants to go home. He wants to kiss his kids, embrace his wife, feel her again. Just like you and I. I want to embrace Jesus. I want to eat of him, and I want to drink his blood. Do you see now why, for 1,500 years, every single Christian believed in the beauty of this teaching? And I'll end here. Remember, we do not live on bread alone, meaning everything in this world, as good as it is, the power, the money, the pleasure, the honor, all great things, but none of that will satisfy us. The answer to the longing of the human heart is found in a simple piece of bread. Because the bread and the wine is not something, but is someone. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.